With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is WWE Weekly. I'm your host, Damian Gibson. This is where we break down everything that has happened in WWE during the week. Hence the name, WWE Weekly. Let's get into it. First off, we start with Raw, hot off the heels of the horror show at uh, Extreme Rules, which you can go back and listen to our review of that. Um, I was nowhere near as scathing as almost every other critic on the internet, as far as this pay-per-view was concerned. Uh, And in retrospect, retrospect? In retrospect, I may have been a little nice. I was... um, happy that there was some storytelling going on um even if it was a little bit ridiculous it seems that most wrestling fans don't want that they just want person in trunks comes out and wrestles another person in trunks and then we move to next match where people in trunks wrestle i did say that there was no way in hell that oscar wouldn't get her belt back and um well looks like we're in hell because oscar hasn't got her belt back sasha's still walking around with it um, Stephanie appeared on Raw and basically told Sasha um, that uh, Oscar didn't lose the belt and uh, that the two of them will have to have a title match. That's what you call it when a title is on the line on Raw next week. So Oscar will win that. Surely. Surely. God, I hope so. <laughs> there was so little else to talk about on Raw this week. I suppose the big news coming off the back of Raw was how poor their ratings were. Second worst ratings of all time, you know, down in all the demographics except for over 50. Yeah. And when you look at the product this week, it, it isn't it isn't a huge stretch to work out why. I mean, the, the, the main event was Randy Orton versus Big Show, and it's uh, 2020. So um, there's, there's some stuff happening that i that i like i like the formation of mvps um you know little gang uh click uh formation group whatever you want to call it uh faction i I like seth rollins character you know he kind of came out and the crowd was sort of shaming him i mean that was the stipulation like 
you know, the stipulation of the match was an eye for an eye match. And it was Ray's stip, so what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, Raw's got some real problems, and, and I and I don't know where they go from here because they don't have a John Cena. They don't have. I mean, that's who they might have to call on. You know, like things are getting so dire. You know, the word out of WWE is that Vince isn't too worried, and that this is the pandemic, and they they can ride it out. You know, they've got enough uh, nuts to see them through the winter. You know, not to try and turn this into a WWE versus AWE thing, but you see that you know over the last three to four weeks, AEW have increased their viewership. You know, in the tens of thousands each week, uh, and WWEs are dropping, and they're losing TV deals. They lost their TV deal in uh, in Italy, and and. Sky in Italy replaced WWE with AEW. There were worrying trends for WWE as a company. And if I was a, if I had stock in WWE, because remember they are publicly listed, um, I would be really worried about the direction of the company because the the TV product is the very basis of everything else. You know, it's the basis for the network, it's the basis for merchandising, it's the basis for TV deals. And yes, they've just signed long-term deals with Fox and uh, USA, so cool. They probably don't have to worry about that right now either, but surely you don't want to make things worse. Me personally, it feels like it feels like Vince has been disinterested you know, in the product for a long time. Uh, but the last couple of years, it's felt really significant. You know, and Matt and I poke a lot of fun at WWE, um, and there's a lot of things as a company that they, they have done or continue to do that I'm not a fan of. But, you know, as much as I want to see AEW do well, I don't want to see WWE go out of business. Uh, so, you know, what do you do? I, I think... I think we all know that it would probably be a huge breath of fresh air if Vince was to step aside and let the next generation of people take over. You know, whether that's Triple H or Steph or Shane or all of them together or, um, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I think all of us have been happy with the way Hunter has booked NXT for the, for the majority of time. Um, and the more Vince has got involved in it, the more that it has sucked. Um, it's like anything, you know, like you can't be, it, it just seems to be human nature that you can't be great at something or you, you can't be at the, the cutting edge of the zeitgeist for decades on end. And, you know, Vince had a really good run, the eighties, the nineties, probably the majority of the noughties. And then, you know, the last sort of 10 years or so, WWE outside of NXT's product has sucked. You know, there's been blips on the radar that have been great. Um, particular wrestlers, whether it's a Becky Lynch or going back a CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, um, or even John Cena, uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, but they're few and far between. And when you've got five hours of wrestling each week to to fill, it just gets really bland and boring. Speaking of NXT, let's move across to the yellow and uh, or the black and gold brand. Uh, we started with Keith Lee dropping his US title, um, which on one hand makes complete sense from a storytelling point of view. Um, that immediately 
uh, well, William Regal handed over to Keith Lee, who basically kind of in a patronizing way was like, yeah, now that I've got this, I don't need this. Um, and, uh, was like, you know, the rest of you boys can fight over the scraps, you know, while I'm champ. Um, it also, to me, kind of like took away from the importance of this big giant two belt match that they had, you know, just the week before, uh, or two weeks before. Um, but I suppose you can't, you know, you're going to burn out the love for Keith Lee if he's, you know, <laughs> if he's king of the mid card and you're on top of the card. So we're going to have a tournament to determine uh, who faces off in a ladder match at the next NXT TakeOver, which is in a couple of weeks. So, look, you know, they back themselves into a corner and then they write themselves out of it in a pretty limp way. Uh, but they always manage to keep you interested. There's always enough there to keep you interested in like, oh, okay, well, ladder match, I wonder who's in that. Oh, Finn Balor, okay, yeah, cool. There's always sort of enough to, to keep you there. The talent the talent get them out of trouble every time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I suppose the highlight of the match was uh, we of the night was uh, Bronson Reed beat Johnny Gagano and Roddy Strong to move forward into said ladder match. Uh, this was a great match. Gargano and Strong are probably the two best workers on on that roster, on the, on the NXT roster, and, and definitely showed it in this match. Uh, but Bronson Reed looked big, looked big and strong, uh, kind of did a, a horror show pop up while the other two were were wrestling Bronson Reed sort of just appeared on the top of the ropes and went from went from there me personally you know from a nationalistic point of view is quite happy to see another MCW uh, alumni move up to the big leagues and do really well so I'm quite happy for Bronson Reed I don't I don't see I can't see NXT putting the belt on him um, they do look. Hunter seems to like him. Uses him a lot. You know, he's a big beast of a dude. So, you know, stranger things have happened, and it would be an it would it would be amazing for Australian wrestling to to have a WWE um, singles title holder. That would be super cool. The <laughs> the headliner on NXT was uh, Dijakovic uh, versus Carrion uh, Cross. This, I think I've made my feelings on Karrion Cross pretty pretty clear, right? I, he to me, he's just another bald, muscly dude that who looks, you know, he he looks like the kind of character that a boring person would make in two K, WWE two K. Um, but anyway, there was a Rocky sort of three vibe. To this uh, slash four vibe to this, where uh, Cross um, had Dijakovic in in strangleholds, uh, Keith Lee had come to the ring, um, and basically Karrion Cross was trying to kill his, you know, uh, Keith Lee's best friend in front of him. Blah. Um, I don't care about any of this. I don't care about. Uh, Dijakovic, I, I don't care about Keith Lee anymore. Um, I definitely don't care, care about Karrion Cross. And if they, these are the three guys at the top of the card, um, when 
you know, I was going to say when you've got people like Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor on the, on the roster, but that that's the problem when you have guys who are coming back to a developmental show. Um, they get in the way. You know, Finn Balor should be on the main roster and he should be killing it. But Vince didn't know how to book him, so now he's back in NXT and he's a list clogger. Like he is in the way of young, you know, he's in the way of guys like Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, Bronson Reed, um, Karrion Cross. Like he is. But you know, where else does he go? Because he's gone to SmackDown and Raw and you know wallowed around in the mid card after the Universal Title run initially for years. So. I don't know. This NXT was hard to watch. We had a whole bunch of Robert Stone shit going on as well. There's just, there is a real, it's similar to SmackDown, and we'll get onto that in a second. There's just a real sort of slowness and lack of vibrancy that you just get. I don't know whether it's because it's at the Performance Center or, or, or what it is, but it just... I think the major thing for me is that there is a severe lack of cognitive storytelling going on, you know, storytelling that makes sense in a wrestling way, you know, a lot of wrestling stories can be over the top and can be ridiculous, um, but so are fantasy stories, so are fantasy books, so is sci-fi, you know, you, you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit, and, and that can be done by telling ongoing stories and letting the audience know what's happening and there's so much hodgepodge sort of stuff with wwe at the moment that people aren't suspending the disbelief and it's showing in in the ratings let's move on to smackdown we i don't think i've seen a better example of how far out of touch the main people at wwe are than the Naomi Miz TV spot on SmackDown this week. You know, Naomi was the main guest on Miz TV, and besides some sort of funny dancing that Miz and Miz and Morrison are quite funny at the moment. I feel like they're in good form. They cut good promos together. Uh, Morrison sort of, you know, playing the the idiot and Miz playing the straight guy, and both of them doing a good job of that. But it also kind of, like, there's a serious issue here with Naomi as far as the fans are concerned. Like, the fans are... And (laughs) we've seen this happen... I mean, how many times have we seen this happen with different... You know, it happened with Daniel Bryan, it happened with Becky Lynch, um, you know, the crying out for Cesaro to be a singles competitor, the crying out for Big E to to be a singles competitor and do something with that. Kofi Kingston is another example of of wrestlers just being like overlooked for people like Baron Corbin and Randy Orton time after time after time after time. And the fans have an ability to speak to WWE about it and they just ignore it. And it's not because they're doing something that's so much better than what the fans actually want. But this Naomi thing is different because uh, after the ridiculous karaoke segment a couple of weeks ago that, you know, wasn't just... And then, you know, Naomi essentially being beaten up last week by Lacey Evans because of it, it was, Naomi was the center of that because people could be, people could see like, Jesus, talk about the bottom of the barrel for poor Naomi. She's been there for 10 years. She's worked her ass off. She's got very little recognition. Uh, and, you know, now she has to deal with this bullshit. 
and and it's not about like identity politics or anything like that. It's just seeing someone not being <laughs> utilized properly. Miz and Morrison doing a promo beforehand saying they don't really understand why people are upset the night about Naomi, uh, but we'll get her on the show anyway. Is the most meta thing I've ever seen on WWE because I feel like that's exactly the conversation that was had between Bruce and Vince this week, but they booked her on Miz TV anyway. Uh, and then she went on there and cut a promo basically explaining it. And then Lacey Evans came out and punched her in the face. I, I saw Adam Pacitti on What Culture joke about that being the end of all of this. You know, he was like, uh, and maybe Naomi will get the push that she needs. And most likely, you know, Lacey Evans will come out and punch her in the face and that'll be the end of it. And that is what happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Naomi got some offense in and, and it looks like there'll probably be some sort of storyline, but it, I, I just, I, I would encourage you to go and watch this whole promo and, and it just shows you, and this and the, the bar fight that we'll get to in a second, just show how far out of touch <laughs> the powers of be are with their audience. It is... It's so stark. It's it's unbelievable. I just quickly, before we get to the bar fight, King Corbin's put out a bounty on Matt Riddle. And again, this is another example of not knowing what to do with someone. You don't need to constantly reference the fact that Matt, Matt Riddle doesn't wear any shoes. Who gives a shit? It's just a tiny little thing that he does. When he comes to the ring, he kicks his little flip-flops off. And then that's it. But that doesn't mean he doesn't kick people in the head with his feet. Uh, I feel like I've heard... The only thing I've heard about Matt Riddle since he's got to SmackDown is about his fucking feet. Let Matt Riddle just be Matt Riddle, right? He's been doing that in NXT for two years and has got... Is so over and so charismatic. You have a star there. You have... You could put him anywhere in any part of the media and people are going to be like, who's that? You know, maybe not everyone's going to like him, but he's good looking. He's funny. You know, he can, he can speak. I mean, the character that he portrays is in an amplified, amplified version of himself. But yeah, in, in SmackDown, it's all about Baron Corbin being the shit out of him and his feet. (laughs) Just. (sighs) Oh, And, uh, yeah, so now we finally get to the end of this Jeff Hardy, Seamus story. And I I was kind of, before we get to the, just how absolutely horrible this thing was, I wonder how Seamus feels about this. I wonder, like, Seamus is continuously apologizing to Jeff Hardy or, you know, because if he's not, then you have to start questioning me personally. Uh, and I like I have a history. I don't drink myself. I used to have a problem with alcohol, so I I take you know I probably have taken this storyline more personally than most. I understand that, and I I also understand the hypocrisy of me constantly going it's wrestling, and then getting really upset about this storyline. So you know I'll try and temper it a little bit, but I just. I can't imagine being Seamus and rocking up every week and then having, you know, being shown what we're going to do and him going, yep, cool. I just hope at least he's, you know, 
said to Jeff, like, are you sure you're cool with this man? He seems like a really nice dude, Seamus. So I'm sure I'm sure it's kosher and I'm sure it seems like Jeff is committed to this storyline. So, you know, cool. <laughs> um, but I just, you know, just the way that this has been depicted uh, is awful. It's just awful. Someone like uh, just Seamus using someone's addiction to get over as a as a heel, um, you know, kayfabe wise. The booking of it has been disgusting, and the acting in this was terrible. When you compare the the false count anywhere match that was on AEW this week compared to this, uh, it's just miles apart. And I, you know, like the. There were just things like you know, Jeff Hardy sat there and filled up a pitcher of beer. Not at any point did I think he was going to drink that. All I thought, you know, I, I only ever thought that he was going to throw it in Seamus's face or glass him with it. This went on for too long. There was music coming in and out all the time. Knocked Jeff Hardy out, put his little Irish hat on Jeff Hardy, went and pulled himself a pint of Guinness. I mean, it's every cliche in the book, right? Um, you know, he has a pint of Guinness because he's Irish, you know, like there's no, it, it's just, <laughs> it's just so blah. Uh, Seamus comes along, takes his little hat off uh, uh, Jeff's face so he can, you know, get the pin and Jeff's turned into bu- uh, brother Nero um, or broken Jeff Hardy or deleted Jeff Hardy or he's got the face paint, the white contact lenses in and essentially he gets, you know, he essentially hulks out and uh, gets a second lease and all of a sudden a, a ladder is in the bar where he does a swanton bomb off and, and gets the pin on Seamus and, ah, oh, guys, I've never been more relieved for a storyline to be over. It, it just, it put me on edge. It made me, like, <laughs> made me angry and... um irritable and I just you shouldn't feel that way when you're watching something like wrestling you know um, and it wasn't done in a purposeful way you know in the way that the storyline you know oh you were meant to feel that way you know that's why you would feel so uplifted when Jeff won I didn't feel uplifted when Jeff won I felt relieved and exhausted exhausted actually is how I felt so thank Christ that that you know, thankfully, like going on Twitter, just no one's even talking about it. It's so boring that people are just over it. And both of these guys are capable of so much more. And I think WWE, like, we need to put the cinematic match away for a bit as well. As much as I love the first two at WrestleMania, and I do, uh, it's been, you know, um, I suppose Money in the Bank was kind of fun. Yeah, like I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people didn't, but I really did. But yeah, just let's just put them away for a bit. So yeah, that was the week in WWE. Oh, it is so painful to watch the product at the moment. There, there's so little um, that is... I'm trying to think of something positive that I can leave you guys on. I just don't... I just don't have anything. I just don't. <laughs> Uh, so this is what we'll be doing from now on. I'll be doing a weekly wrap-up of uh, WWE, which will be called WWE Weekly. Um, and uh, we, you know, we'll go through Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, and, and whatever WWE news is floating around. And then that way, that can be the little WWE corner 
of WrestleWolf as we sort of expand more into to more promotions. Because, um, yeah, we don't want to completely neglect the WWE people, but um, oh, i got to tell you guys, I'm finding it really hard uh, to watch the product at the moment. It is... Um, yeah. Uh, more and more people are listening to Wrestle Wolf and getting involved, which is awesome. I love you guys. Thank you. Yeah, so rate and review it if you could. That would be great. That helps with the algorithms. And uh, if you um, want to follow us on social media, you can. We're Wrestle Wolf Pod on all the socials. You can write to us at Wrestle Wolf Podcast at Gmail. Um, and until then, I will see you on one of the what seems to be hundreds of podcasts now uh, on the Wrestle Wolf Network. All right, guys, stay safe.